1: Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Virgil Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. This episode is a special one because uh, I would say that Living Strong potentially would not actually fully exist without the partner team um, that I experienced through Heal a Woman to Heal a Nation. And one of the co-founders of that organization is my guest this episode. And, you know, it's an awesome opportunity when you have a live chance to say thank you to someone. Uh, Mathina James Brightful has a powerful passion that is absolutely contagious and when i had the opportunity to meet her for the very first time i was by myself in a part of baltimore i had never been in and i decided to just step out and do something i'd never done and you ever walk into a room and you immediately feel like huh I'm home and that's how she made me feel that day and from that day forward I did not miss a workshop a coaching session anything (laughs) that she was offering I had pen paper and I was ready to go so I'm encouraging you right now to get your pen get your paper because she is going to drop nuggets that are revolutionary change a uh, change agent for those who are open and ready to receive. So let me tell you a little bit about her formal, her formal bio. Mathina james Brightful currently serves coaches, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs to elevate their public speaking skills as the CEO of Stage Ready Speakers. She is a woman who has worked to socially impact organizations to increase their understanding and reduce opposition as the ceo of me rise me rise is a consulting coaching and development company the unique genius is public speaking presentation skills storytelling high engaging facilitation, and transformational team experiences. She is a full package, and I can't wait for you to hear about her upcoming event. Leaders work with Mathina when they are ready to transition from mediocre to magnetic in leadership development, managing teams, public awareness, and engagement. She has trained over 100,000 individuals in the field of sexual violence prevention and has spent over 40,000 hours on stages around the world. In recognition of her work, she has appeared in publications such as The Daily Record, Ebony Magazine, But What I Want To Be Magazine and the African Afro-American newspaper. With four publications under her belt, she is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Engage, Inspire, Prevent, Strategies for Educating Teens on Sexual Violence, and the co-author of Speak Up, The Ultimate Guide to Dominate the Speaking Industry. And as I shared earlier, for 17 years, Mathina was the co founder and visionary director of Heal a Woman to Heal a Nation, Incorporated. She's committed to outrageously serving women leaders to create massive personal and professional success authentically. I'm so excited and feeling privileged to welcome to the flip side of adversity conversation, Mathina James Brightfall. Mm, Thank you,
2: Dr. Vidra. First off, I had someone say to me before, right, as a woman and certainly as a woman of color, we have to sit when people read our bios. And as much as I do this, I'm still like, Yep, that's me. <laughs> yes. Embrace it, right? So oh, thank you. I, it's my pleasure.
1: You know, you started you already started off because I think you immediately have me going off script. Okay. So, in just what you just said because how many women, especially mm-hmm. black women, um will actually sit with what they have accomplished? receive it, fully embrace it. And I know on every platform I have ever seen you on, you show up in full authenticity. I'm curious, where does that come from? Mm.
2: From screaming in a crowded room
1: and no one hearing
2: you. I traveled to the what we call the States, where I'm from, which is St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. And I was about eight years old, the year uh, right before I turned nine, at the beginning of the school year. And I experienced what I expected, which was a cold environment during winter. But I also experienced cold people who hadn't experienced someone like me before, just like I hadn't experienced someone like them. And our ways of navigating it led to an experience where I walked in the room as a giant, but then needed a ladder to get on the curb. Mm. I experienced owning it, running it, and then shrinking myself to conform and fit, and never actually fitting in. So it wasn't until I stepped into college at the Morgan State University <laughs> and chose to turn over a new leaf, chose to to be and and do something different. And I actually had a sister friend. This is when I really understood the power of sisterhood. It began to cement in this moment. Um, we're still good friends to this day, almost 20 plus, well, <clears throat> 20 plus years later. Yes. And um, <laughs> she said to me, she said, she walked up to me and she asked, she said, you look nice. Do you mind if I sit with you? That completely changed how I began to move through the world because the level of strength that she had to do something I never would have done in all the spaces since fourth grade that I walked into and felt isolated and unheard. And as my dear friend Quinn Kanye says, muted and muzzled. Mm. I never understood that level of courage that she had on that day to randomly walk up to me and say, may I sit with you? Right. We've been friends ever since. So. The passion, the courage that you see, anything you see in me now comes from that fourth grade little girl who was once a giant and then felt as though she couldn't step into her bigness anymore and not wanting another woman to ever feel like that. That when she encounters me and sisterhood, that she feels like she belongs and doesn't have to fit in.
1: Wow. I'm curious, what are some of the key things that you are actually telling women in that space of belonging. Mm -hmm. So I think about oftentimes uh, the women that I coach, those that I have the privilege of walking alongside of, and life similar to your story has convinced them of lies. Mm -hmm. But... There is absolutely a desire and a dream. There's a business, there's a book, there's a speaking plat. It's all inside of them. What do you find that you are telling women in their careers, in their businesses, in their community work, and even as parents to do, to actually connect with that P word, purpose? We concept, people are craving purpose and passion. What are you telling them? Ooh.
2: So when I think about this, I honestly say what I, the answer I probably would have given a year ago, let alone four or five years ago, is completely different, I think, than the answer I would give today. But I believe there is a thread of sameness that carries me through. And as I'm knocking on the door for everybody will be very shocked right now in the comments. I want you to just be like, <gasps> wherever you are in our listening audience, just grasp your pearls like, oh, my God. Thank
1: you. Yes.
2: Yes. I see it differently, but one thing that is common is curiosity. So if I had to say it, I would say, I want you to cue up, right? C U E. I want you to have curiosity about what you believe, about what you see. I want you to have curiosity about how you've been, who you've been in the world. Then I want you to undo. So with that curiosity, I want you to then undo behaviors patterns that keep your purpose locked in a prison the only way to do that is to do is to repeat the e part of q which is going to be excavation we can only ascend as high as our excavation is deep Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we will Mm -hmm. only go up the deeper we look into ourselves to uncover to explore and the difference between curiosity and excavation is this curiosity is around for me the way i'm defining it in this in this space it's around what we already believe and what we're already doing being curious about what we already believe and what we're already doing excavation is finding the you that is needed for this next form of elevation that you haven't even encountered yet excavation takes us there
1: Yes. Yes. I think about how we have in past episodes really challenged women to begin to notice. And you just took those conversations and connected it with not only notice, but become curious and then be willing to excavate, dig, begin to go deeper. But I find that that work is so scary that sometimes people will say, oh yes, okay, excavate. Okay, so I'll dig. But as soon as they get to something that's tender, excavation is over. Mm -hmm. What advice would you share that when they hit those tender parts or when the shovel is heavy, how do they keep going?
2: Put down the shovel and use a brush.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: so when you think about this probably comes to mind because i just watched your rest of the park but when you think about archaeologists right when they're excavating a site everything isn't big shovels and right but no there are moments we just go oh, like we found something and so not to do further potential damage to what you've just found and uncovered you have to be gentle because usually that part that you uncovered are already taken some hits, it's already taken some beatings, it's already taken some moments and things. So yeah, it's a bit tender. So use a brush. Just lightly, carefully, gently, uncover it and examine it until you can get your hands around it and pull it up and really examine it. So tenderness doesn't mean stop. It means adjust the tool that you're using to come to further explore.
1: I that is a beautiful mental image. And I know that you have a passion around connecting with those elements that are below the surface that become a part of your story. Mm why is your story so important? So we're using the brush because we found something and we're ready to begin to wrestle with it. But you really tell people to embrace the importance of their story. Why is that so important?
0: Mm.
2: So listen, my friend, come on greatness.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The
2: reason why it becomes important is let's just keep with this analogy for just a moment. I didn't plan on this analogy, but we're gonna run with it. <laughs> take a look at what gets excavated, right? History, the things that have come before, and what do we, where do most of us experience those things? We're not on the excavation site, we're not on the dig site. It's because someone has taken that thing, gently put it in a in an environment where it can be examined and explored and further enhance someone else's ability to understand a moment in time. So it may take you eight years to excavate that experience in that story. And then when you relate in eight minutes, it can save someone else eight years. That's why our story is so important. That's why digging into it and examining it is so critical. Because very often, it's not just for you. Now, you may not do what I do, Dr. Beard, what you do, and you may not stand in front of rooms and deliver that story. It may happen on a bus stop, on a random conversation, mm-hmm. where someone triggers something in you and you share, and you just change that person's life for the rest of their life.
1: Yes. So. Those moments of, I, I think back to the very moment that you referenced, that solidified sisterhood for you, if we are willing to do the work of the excavating, the brushing, the being curious, those moments come because they're an assignment for us. But if we haven't done the work to be able to share in those moments, We miss not only that solidifying for ourselves, our own truth, but we also miss how dare we not be ready, not be ready for the person who we have an assignment for. We only have two minutes before our first break, but I do want to cue up your thought when we come back from this first break, because we are celebrating National Black Business Month in August, it's not only that your story is important, but I'm curious your advice on how do you make it sellable? What do we do with it that it becomes a foundation to our business, It can become monetized. It can become a tool that adds value to others as well as to our business. How do we make the story sellable? So we will be right back in a few moments. If you didn't have an opportunity to grab that pen and that paper, please do so. And while we are on this break, I'm going to do a shout out for our Girlfriend Gathering. We had to postpone our July 23rd session and it will come back August 20th. So we postponed it to August 20th. If you did not have an opportunity to register for the Girlfriend Gathering session four refuel your soul there is still space and there is still time so check out our website livingstrongllc.com and information for registration is there we will be right back become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: on Living Strong, the Flip Side of Adversity, Dr. Virdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The
2: White House doctor makes house calls.
1: It's your world.
0: Motivate, change, succeed. Voiceamericaempowerment.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Verdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity.
1: Welcome back. I've been having a powerful conversation. From hello, she jumped right in. <laughs> Mathina James Breifel is in the place and we are having a flip side of adversity. Adversity conversation. And we were just talking about literally that flip, those moments in which in our story, we have excavated, we have brushed, we've recognized that there actually is something there and in preparation for not only our own healing, but potentially for others. And just before the break, I asked Mathina to think about not only is the story important, But how can we, in celebration of National Black Business Month, how can we educate those around making the story sellable? How can it tie to your business?
2: I can talk about this all day, my friends, all day. I'm literally teaching a storytelling institute next week. So here's what I will kind of bite it down for you. If you're just getting started or if you've been in business for quite some time, there has to be you in the story. All right. I talk about it. I call it the story formula. There has to be a you in the story. Now, we spell story. There's not a you in it, right? When you spell out the word story, but there has to be. So, spell it wrong if you need to remember it that way. And here's what I mean by that you make it sellable because think about this. The last time you wanted to try a new restaurant, right? What did you do? Reach out to a friend who you probably like, they always eating out somewhere. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you requested from them to know, tell me about someplace that you've been, you know, I want I'm gonna try something different. When you were looking for an article of clothing, or if you need a referral for a photographer or a web designer, expand our thinking. We often look for what a referral. So if you are able to put you in your story that makes you referable, repeatable. And that way you can have raving fans that last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You want to be referable and repeatable so that you have raving fans that last a lifetime. The way you do that is put you in your story. Let me break this down. Two more seconds and then I'll stop. Mm-hmm. So how do you do this? Build your kilt. My coach called it a no like and trust factor. I call it a kilt with an I because I not only do that people need to know something about you, then they need to have some idea whether or not they like you or they agree with you because then they'll stay with you. And that way they will trust whatever it is that you're offering to them, right? The reason I put an I in there is because I have six eyes that the I go with. But the shortest is that it increases your influence, which impacts your income.
1: Say that again.
2: It increases your influence, which impacts your income. So you want to build that kill, that know, like, and trust factor, the you in the story so that you can impact your income by increasing your influence.
1: And you know what? You just reminded me of something that I learned in one of the sessions. So on my social media page, that picture with the blue dress on, and I'm literally dancing. We danced at their conferences. And... I remember a whole conversation where um, one of the sisters was timid about being boastful about her story, about what she was putting on the planet. And you crawled right into her world and was like, you have to recognize that you are adding value. It's not about being boastful. And I think when, as you just explained, those eyes, that influence piece recognizing is not about being boastful, but it really is about you recognizing how you are adding value and people are waiting for that. Is there more you can pull out of that?
2: Absolutely. It takes us right back to our initial conversation, how we kicked off when we talked about sitting in your full bio, right? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is you learn... I said this to people all the time because I had to learn it and it was something that took me some time to learn. and really Mm -hmm. took my coaches to like get in with me on it. And that is, so no one is paying you for your time. They're paying you for what you can produce in that time. And the only way that folks get an, an idea of what it is is to hear that full bio is to hear about what you can do what you can produce i have one of my good friends right 20 plus years we've been friends uh, my our mother literally was like y'all are gonna be friends <laughs> freshman year of college she um referred a client to me because you should be i believe you should be able to make money with your friends refer yes. a client to me and once uh she checked in with me to say, and said hey, oh did y'all get a chance to talk i said oh yes They got their proposal. We're good to go. And she was like, oh, a proposal. And I'm like, yes, let me share with you what what this proposal looks like. And she called me and said, um, you do all of this. (laughs) Imagine how much more business she could have referred to me. Understanding that I do all of that. Mm
1: -hmm. It Mm
2: -hmm. turned into just that one conversation of her seeing that proposal turned into two additional contracts. It isn't about boasting. It is about allowing people to choose very powerfully if you are the solution and an answer to their prayer. Mm -hmm. If they don't have all the information by which to make that decision because you've been being a little stingy with your (laughs) gifting. How does that serve anyone?
1: I love that. And and literally that... (laughs) I don't know if you realize, but that's exactly what you said to her. How does that serve anyone? And when you said that, I was sitting in the audience and I said, exactly. Like, if I'm being stingy with what I have to offer, how does that serve anyone? And it, it literally in that moment was this brain shift in that, I am not going to be stingy in sharing with others what I'm here on this planet to add value to their space, to their time, and making sure that my girlfriends know as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we're talking about a speaking platform, but I think this is just a universal business, clothing line, um, What whatever, as a leader, of Mm -hmm. an organization recognizing how are you making sure that others understand what you have to offer. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. so I'd love for you to tell us about Speak Up, the ultimate guide to dominate the speaking industry. Tell us about the book, where it came from, all of that.
2: Absolutely. So, again, this is a beautiful tie. I promise y'all we did not plan it. So speaking of tying into broadcasting your brilliance, it was my like my little biological sister who was in business with me at the time referring me to someone who reached out to her and connected me to the amazing and the awesome Brian Olds who is, I forget the name of his business at that time, but currently today he is the founder and CEO of Black Speaker Network. And as a result of my sister saying, oh, you might want to check this out. And it's it's hilarious because he tells this joke all the time about how he wants to put on a wig and come to HWHN event and get in the membership and do all those things (laughs) in whatever capacity he could. But it was through that connection, through just saying, oh, I'm interested in talking more about insert to my sister, who then related that seven plus years later at this point, Brian and I was able to connect. And so Brian reached out and said, hey, I'm putting together this book and I want some of you all who are the best in your industry at what you do to contribute a nugget of vital information that will really make a shift for speakers into this compilation. And he said, it's going to be called Speak Up, right? And Brian says it all the time, Speak Up, your audience waits. And I was like, well, Brian, what do you want me to do? He said, of course, what I want you to talk about is building a speaking industry, hosting your own live events. (sighs) Because I've done it for 17 years. Yes. Well, now 17 years at this time, it was not quite yet 17. And that is what, so my contribution into Speak Up, and that book includes so many really powerful nuggets on a variety of different aspects of building your speaking business Mm -hmm. that I encourage you to get it. You can grab it on Amazon. You can go to my website, methina.com, grab a copy of it there. And it really gives a chance for you to, no matter where you are, you can literally just go to chapter by chapter, chapter by chapter, and just go, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to focus on this part of my speaking business now. Let me read up on this and expand from there. And, um, BSN is an amazing community. I love being a member and a partner in that community. And that publication would truly offer you some skills and some strategies. So you can go to mathon.com and grab it there or go to Amazon and grab it on the Amazon
1: website. Awesome. And, you know, we had a member of BSN last week, Javon Wooden, and we will be having another member next week uh, to make Shannon. So I, I'm, you know, I absolutely believe in the membership. We are packing uh, National Black Business Month with amazing um, speakers and uh, those who have different areas of expertise um, coming straight out of the Black Speakers Network. So yes, 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 I love it. I love it. So let's take a slight different a shift here. So how would you say because i want to make sure that people recognize that's that what you're talking about is actually transferable skills and we talk about leadership um, actually connected to what you just shared that leadership is really about influence and it's not just about your title your office space but it's about your level of influence so how does a leader Stay on track to the most important things in their business with so much distraction and fear pulling on their attention. How do you stay focused? How do you stay in in line with your original vision? Mm-hmm.
2: So the first thing I'm going to say is community. You just heard a beautiful or like we did not orchestrate that. That was a divine moment of how powerful community is right. Community is, because, is the only way you're even here in this conversation. It's because Dr. Beardra stepped into a community that offered a safe space for you to explore and examine for a couple of years. You know, almost this last week, this week, next week, a community of referral space so as a leader harness and curate your own community or find one in some capacity if you don't want to build it yourself where your ideals and your values are celebrated and in the fabric of how that community has been formed okay mm-hmm. that's my first thing my second thing is understand when you can no longer hold all the cards okay okay Understand when you go from being a player to the dealer. And then you can figure out and you're sending the cards out to the right places so other people on your team can get into the game. That means building out a team. And I say that because there was a time and almost every woman of influence and affluence. One we had to have or we're ascribing to in some capacity. Okay. (laughs) has had to have a moment where she steps off of the trust that she has only in herself and extends that trust to someone else. And we've got to create that. I remember listening to T.D. Jake say this once, he said, you know, stress is a sign that you need more structure.
1: I love that. I love that. That is all truth. Stress is a sign that you need more structure. Somebody needs to put that into the comments. Okay. Stress is a it. sign that you need more structure. Break that down. And I'm giving, T.D. Jake said it,
2: okay? I'm gonna give pastor, pastor's credit. <laughs> but it is, so the, the concept, right? And the reality is if you are feeling stressed, you have one or two options. And I have to say this in this way because it's how it resonates with Methina and Methina's being. You can either say, God, I'm overwhelmed and give it away. Please don't give me any more, give this to someone else. Usually we say that when it's like st- the type of stress that we're like, oh, I can't handle. But when it's good stress in business, meaning you have more clients, more things coming and you can have the capacity to hold, we don't always think about it enough. Let me give it to someone else. thing. What we wanna do is increase our capacity to hold more. So that means you've gotta broaden your structure. I have a client that I'm working with now that that's what we're doing is building her infrastructure so that she can hold more as she brings on additional team members. That may start with a VA 10 hours a week, five. I've had clients who they start off with a virtual assistant for five hours a week, okay? And then, you, what does that let you do? And I'm gonna wrap this up. One, it lets you practice how to bring someone on because in order to interview someone correctly, you must understand the value that you want them to bring, not just the skill. Come not have time. Understand the value, not just the skill that you want them to bring. Two, it helps you practice what only you can do, meaning what you need to only own only when necessary. That's what own stands for, at family only when necessary so you do it only when necessary what do you need to own versus what you can allow someone else to hold and then what is the structure that you put up that person form for themselves or that you put them in that has them repeating success for you mm-hmm. how did you do it what made what you do operate so well how do you put them in that so that they can repeat repeat your results and then you check back in with them. Can you tell if this wife for most more time? Then you check back mm-hmm. in with them to say, have you has is this still working for you? It's not working for you. What have you tried? Is that working better? And then can that replace something in your system?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm i was waiting for that word. I was waiting for that word system because I feel like along with TD Jake's quote, that that stress is a sign that you don't that you need more structure. I think it's also that structure has to include a system. And I know you didn't wanna go in, but I actually had already thought about the question that I wanted to ask about um, identifying, how do you identify the people to trust? And you started with your the first part and said, oh, I, I won't go, but I feel like you, you have to, if you will, because building out a team and how this just resonates with me so much is <laughs> when i decided to launch living strong um i i as i shared missed nothing that heal a woman to heal a nation offered i had every booklet every call everything and Follow the directions clearly. And I'm getting ready to give somebody a nugget because I have said this every single time. After in one of your conferences, one of the speakers said it, I wrote down how much I wanted to make within a month. Instead of just allowing it to kind of be, oh, I want to start my business. From the stage, you told us, to write the number down. And I wrote a number down that I had never made in a month ever. And you challenged us that the the moment you get that clear, watch what happens. And when I tell you, I said, these women are gold. (laughs) I had never made that much money in a month before it happened but what immediately happened after that was oh i can't do this by myself and i sat on a park bench and i called Monokia, and i was like um yeah i don't know what i'm doing but i need to bring some people on she said girl you're gonna you're gonna figure it out and so I brought a team on and then I brought them to you. I brought them to, <laughs> I brought them to the woman yellow nation too. I said, we're all going, we're all going. But how do you coach individuals to understand who to trust? Mm-hmm. Who do you trust as a leader to bring them on? How do you know?
2: So here's what this is going to seem counterintuitive, all right? Okay. Because as adults, we learn how to untrust children, trust everyone. So, at this stage, as a business owner and a leader, you have a obligation to get into the middle of that line, of trust everyone, all right, and trust no one, which is what we where we tend to go as adults. So, you have to be in the middle of the line. So, what does how does that start? It's like everything we've talked about today so far. Remember, we talked about Q, right? That excavation, the undoing, right? The curiosity. Mm-hmm. So first it is about defining what those value systems are that you hold dear. I have said for years, before before I had hired three people, after my first two hires, I learned that I am hiring for culture and not skill.
1: That's what my hey, angel
2: practice is.
1: You <laughs> are getting ready to make me run around this room. Say that again, especially when people are struggling right now to hire. Say that again. You are
2: hiring for culture and culture fit, not skill, right? Because skill we can identify and source usually through a resume. Skill we can easily often fire for. Where we get hung up is in whether or not somebody fits in our culture. If somebody can fit into your culture, you can have more grace for learn, for teaching them a skill versus somebody who does not fit into your culture, somebody who will come in and be disruptive, somebody who will come in and cause chaos. Now, I I often talk about inviting chaos, not in this sense, okay? So who will come in and cause chaos because they ultimately will not do the work that you hired them for, which was skill. All right, so hire for culture. How do you hire for culture? First identify what your values, your goals, your trajectory is. Is your vision clear and are you able to communicate it? Okay, then, You'll look at understanding, you build into your system. We Unfortunately, our society has prepared us to onboard people for 90 days. That's not real. In 90 days, what you should be assessing is, are they a good fit for the culture? And can they learn a skill they don't already know? And can they prove they have the skill that they, that they said they had when they came in the door? That's all you're doing. You're not, you can't fully onboard someone, meaning have them operate fluidly on their own with confidence for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're marrying mm-hmm. skill and culture to your unique vision. And to allow them to move on their own with with fluidity to have your fingerprint. Now they're not gonna have 100% of your fingerprint, but 70% is good enough, trust me. Mm-hmm. then you need they need they're going to need at least a year so I'm thinking, I don't have a year to waste on people no just because in your first 90 days you're assessing are they do they actually have the skill that they said they will have you should be doing that before you actually hire can they learn a new skill and at what speed and in what capacity and then do they fit into the, the culture the only way you know someone fits into your culture because skills we can teach I tell people all the time I can teach you how to be a a great public speaker and whatever level you come in at, I can move your level of skill. Confident on that. Now, will you become Tony Robbins? Maybe not. Nine times out of 10, you won't. Why? Because there's only one of them. That's it. But can you become a better you at that scale? Absolutely. And so what? that's what you're looking for. So in this space and time of hiring, if you remember nothing else, identify your values, identify your vision, learn how to communicate that and then discern the skill. Everything else is about you as a leader learning how to not hold all the cards, be able to share those things, communicate your vision and revisit how you've communicated and how that person is doing. Because as long as somebody feels like you invest in who they be, not just what they're doing, they will be with you for a long period of time.
1: Yes. And you know what, I feel like in this, especially in this season where there is such a fear of scarcity of shortage that people are compromising actually speaking into what they believe people are able to be. And it is, it's almost as though they're stepping on their own toes and, and the possibility of retaining people it because the scarcity mindset has them sabotaging culture. It, it's almost like it, it's being forgotten because of there's so much fear. Wow. Oh, so yes. how do you...
2: Can I say the- about that her yes. last week? If you let your fear feed, then your faith will starve.
1: Mm. Yeah. If
2: you let your fear feed, your faith will starve. You have to let your faith feed and let your fear starve. We got to reverse that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In that context, I am allowing my faith to feed and my fear is now starving. How does Mathina define success in those moments?
0: Mm.
2: I redefine success at every new dimension of me. There was a time where I defined success as being able to balance my full-time job and build my side business a nonprofit and run this and run that. Yeah, now I define success as being peaceful and paid in the words of Quinn mm. Connors. All right, I'm going to quote her twice today. Uh, I decide, define success as being able to stop work, usually by 3. That's not today, right? But usually by like 3 o'clock so that I have some time to prepare my mental capacity to be fully present and have more patience with my daughter when she comes home, to be able to focus on my family. I define success differently now. I define success as being able to have the capacity to be available for a friend because I'm not constantly in crisis when they need it. And the capacity and the courage to say, I am unable to support you with that right now. And to know if this person is truly my friend, then they understand that that is what exactly what it is. And then when I'm able, I will certainly step into holding space for you but I don't have to set myself on fire to keep you warm.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really hearing like that, that margin. I love peace and paid. Uh, And I think that goes back also to what you shared earlier in recognizing um, the, I believe you said the difference between playing and dealing and When we are able to identify the things that we own and the things that we need to delegate, that we need to be able to broaden our capacity, everything isn't resting just on us and we're not in that fear state. We create the margins for us to be at peace and get paid. Yes. and and not in such a state of urgency running after something we think we this goes all the way back something we think we're actually not even worthy to have so we're running after trying to chase it down yeah yeah
2: what's
1: yeah.
2: oh. the difference between attraction and chasing we want to be ahead. in in the mode of attraction that you bring for yourself, you bring into yourself. Even when literally just within the last 24 hours, I said words and then I heard myself back and I was like, why did I say that mess? And then what happened? With One of my coaches came back and he immediately course corrected me. And I said, there it is. I attracted the redefinition and the reminder that my being needed about who I am and the value I produce in the world.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And she came right in less than 24 hours, because one of the things I value and I declared in my life this year is that I will attract, I will have in my life, those that will see my power and my purpose and not be scared of it,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. but that will call it forward consistently. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think you can do that without excavating. I don't think you can do that without excavating. It's a process. You set, you set us all the way up. You, you created literally stepping stones because you can't do that without excavating. Oh, what mistakes are women making today as leaders, business owners, and um, just women who are impacting their communities? What mistakes are we making?
2: Neglect. We neglect ourselves frequently. One of my good friends, Tema Serwa, said to me one day, she said, Mathina, you are a a woman of power and influence. And when a woman of power and influence is in a chronic state of self neglect, she is a threat to the planet and not a gift. We are meant to be gifts. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go.
1: That, you have to say it again.
2: So I had to memorize it because it it hit me so powerfully. She said, when a woman of power and influence is in a chronic state of self-neglect, she is a threat to the planet and not a gift.
1: I know Lady Dale Sharpley is feeling that because she... Everything she does around wow the women of wellness—that is at the core.
2: Yeah, that—that is that is mistake that we keep making. And here's what it is: we think we conquered it, but you only conquered it at the stage you were aware of. And as we move to a new stage, there's another level of it that needs to be cleaned up, re-examined, hello, excavation, Mm -hmm. re-examined at this stage so that you can be in that space. I'm in the season where I call it becoming Nova, right? That to become Nova is to undo and examine that woman, that girl that you're still uncovering, who's still growing up into who she's becoming, because I believe that success has memory. And many of the women leaders that you're talking to and that who we have been, you and I, right? Because we attract who we are. That and the, the We attract who we are and we also attract people who desire to be who we are. And if they are willing and in the season of doing the work, then they stay. But the level of work that we continue to do, if they're not willing to submit to that work, the friction shows up and then they will leave. Just because you attract something doesn't mean it has staying power. So let me wrap this up. So when I, when we talk about this and the mistake that we're making is we arrive, there's no arrival. There's just a journey.
1: Yes. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm.
2: It's mm-hmm. just the journey. So becoming Nova is about looking and examine that's why i said you have to have that curiosity because you look and you examine and he was very successful by many people's standards and it still needed to implode we needed to invite the chaos that allowed her to be at rest at the stage that she got to Mm -hmm. and everything that she was able to do in the world for women just like you and what we curated and inviting it will allow you to do this work by design and not just by default.
1: We got one minute left and I want people to understand how they can follow you, what you are getting ready to do. So I'm going to be quiet. You take the last minute.
2: Go to methina.com. M-O-T-H-Y-N-A dot com. Join my mailing list. Stay connected. I'm on all forms of social media that way. Stay connected. I've got something that's been birthing in me, but I'm like the elephant. It'll take a couple of years. But we're one year down. We're stepping into the second year.
1: I know that you have been blessed and encouraged and inspired. Thank you so much for being a part of the flip side of adversity conversation. Same time, same place. Next week, we will see you on the flip side.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Virdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.